0: Welcome to Heads Up Hockey. It is all things hockey talk and all things centric around the game. And it's also New Jersey Devils talk as well. And please enjoy the show. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Heads Up Hockey. So this is a Tuesday. And as we know it, the New Jersey Devils are on the top of the the Metropolitan as it is now for the time being. And it's definitely the first 11 now going to be 12 games as they face off tonight against the Calgary Flames. So yeah, I understand uh, the Flames are struggling right now, but they're still a solid team. But, they're trying to work out the Kinks with some of their new players that they got in the offseason, especially like Mackenzie Wieger and Jonathan Uberdo and Uberdo scored last night versus the Islanders. So what I'm really trying to essentially get to is that you know, it's still early on, uh well, already twelve games for the Devils, but you you see the way the Metropolitan is. So The Devils, the Hurricanes, and the Islanders are in the top three in the Metropolitan. And the Atlantic, you have the Boston Bruins, the Detroit Red Wings, and the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, currently playing a minimum of 12 to 13 games. Now, the wild card right now in the Eastern Conference is the Tampa Bay Lightning. And... They and the Florida Panthers are currently the wildcard teams, but that's what the playoffs would look like in the East if it were to end today. But this is an 82-game season, and a lot of things can change. A lot of losing between all 32 teams can occur. A lot of injuries, call-ups, whatever, uh, ownership, Stuff like that can happen. So anything volatility-wise, a bit of a smokescreen for me is uh, definitely the Islanders because I still think when they go through their pipeline, some guys might not be ready, so they might fall back within the next 41 games. of 13. So... Then I go to look at the Boston Bruins. I think they will fall off. It's just a hunch because I looked at their pool of prospects and the AHL, and I'm like, I don't know about more than 41 games, but there might be some teetering downward. But uh, Toronto's a team to keep an eye on because they might be changing GM uh, right after – the playoffs if they don't make it through the playoffs because it's all Brennan Shanahan at this point. Uh, Tampa Bay, yeah, they're very veteran-based. I expect them to struggle a little bit, but I, I can see them adding some pieces and adding more firepower up front, and they will eventually take over where Boston would be. Uh, later in the season, because it's a marathon and not a sprint. Now, I'm a bit surprised the Rangers are a bit slow currently, but uh, I have the Rangers overtaking uh, the Islanders, to be quite honest. But I do see the Devils, Hurricanes, uh, Rangers, and possibly Lightning and Panthers um, by season's end. But Washington is showing their um, their age right now, and they're showing that they can't really keep up pace, and Pittsburgh's starting to fall off a little bit at an early time frame. But now let's get to, over to the Western Conference. We have the Dallas Stars... The Winnipeg Jets and the Colorado Avalanche in the first 11 of 12 games. And Dallas leads the Central. Colorado's third. Winnipeg's second. And then the Pacific, this is good. Because the Vegas Golden Knights uh, are currently 11-2 and with 22 points. And they are looking rather solid. They're... If they can just keep it together for the next uh, portion of the 82-game season, they'll definitely be a strong contender uh, in a usually weaker, uh, more competitive Pacific division. Now, Seattle Kraken, I wanted them to do a lot better in their first year. But their second year, they're looking better. Already got 16 points, so that's a huge plus in my book. And I do like the fact that the LA Kings are proving to be where they're at because they have a lot of youth prospects and a lot of high-end quality players and veterans gelling. And it's a good thing. They got good goaltending. And I honestly look at Edmonton. Edmonton could have beat the Devils, but they let their foot off the gas pedal and they just allowed um, Miles Wood to score two goals. They allowed, I think it was Ryan Graves. And then the eventual uh, game winning goal by Jesper Bratt. So yeah, Bratt scored that goal and, get ready to set a record. So it was a really good game that night. Um, I expect Edmonton to go goalie searching. And I think Calgary is, I know they're falling off a little bit, but it's still early in the season for them. And I think they will uh, prove otherwise throughout the 82 game season. I think they will go on a, winning streak when they get a really good goaltender and they acquire more defensemen. And I did say in an article that's upcoming because I see a guy like Damon Severson um, on the terms with the Devils, likely going to get moved. And Severson's from Western Canada. So I expect him to get moved to a team like Calgary. And the Devils will happily take a second uh, first rounder. It'd be a good thing because the Devils can use that towards anything they want. And they can juice up a deal uh, by the NHL draft and go after a veteran player or a prospect that's ready or whatever they want. It's pretty much house money when you have a a secondary first-round pick. Now, I expect Chicago to fall off. Uh, To me, that's a big smokescreen. Minnesota, I expect to be doing a lot better than Chicago. I really do believe they have some really good pieces like Kaprizov, Dumba, and Jordan Greenway. But uh, really, Minnesota could definitely... Be a team that climbs up um, Nashville there's that John Hines problem, and I really don't think Nashville can withstand John Hines any longer, and I expect him to be gone and uh David Poyle will have to make another uh change Arizona, I think is too high at this point, and I think. They're going to fall further and further. But Vancouver will make a coaching change, and they will go past Arizona, uh, but maybe surpass Nashville a little bit, but definitely surpass Chicago uh, later in the season. Anaheim, San Jose, and St. Louis are not doing so well. So I really, yeah, I'm not feeling the mojo. With those teams at the bottom, I think what they're eventually going to do is go after Bedard. uh, It's Bedard, Mishkov, and i got to remember the other prospect. Fatili. I think, uh, the kid from Michigan. Let me double check. But anyways, it's a very interesting beginning to the season. Uh, in the NHL, it's something that I think is very entertaining. So, yeah. Yeah, it's Bedard, Fantilli, Leo Carlson, Brendan Yeager, Matt Mishkov, Zach Benson, Edward Schale. Yeah, those are some really good names um, that teams could be uh, in the draft lottery for. But um, back to... The Devils more. I mean, I did a, a little spreadsheet over the past uh, 12 games. And yeah, I'm just uh, going to bring up some probable stats. And I did some projected stats. So a couple heads up. Uh, Andreas Johnson hasn't played yet. But before the season started, uh, my projection for him was no more than 40 points and he hasn't scored yet because he hasn't made any playing time on the NHL. He's been playing in the AHL in Utica. Uh, Andre Pallott has only three goals and is out currently after having a little surgery. So um, he had three goals, no assists. So anyways, how this works is I'm going to tell you the projection for the season and what the pace of points and goals are. So, first off is Michael McLeod. His projection is 21. Is 21 points. Uh, His pace is currently 37 points. His goals per 82 games is 7. So, we got Jesper Bofist, uh projection at 34 and his pace is 16 and 0 goals. And Alexander Holtz the pace for 23 is 25. Right now, it's 21 and 21 goals. But He's only played in a game and hasn't been able to crack the lineup. Nate Bastion, 22 points. He's at a 33-point game pace with eight goals type pace. So with that being said, I'm throwing that in there with Bastion with eight goals and the 33-point pace. Uh, Nico Heeshier, 70-point projection. 20-plus extra points, making it 90, and 41 goals. So that's going to be something interesting. Jesper Bratt, 79 point, uh for 22-23. <clears throat> He's currently at a 127 points-per-game pace along with a projected uh, 37 goals per 82 games. So whether he plays all 82, but paces, that's what he's ranging for. Um, Jack Hughes, 22-23 season projected, 94. Currently at a 75-point game pace with 29 goals. That's actually really decent. I think he's probably going to, Pick it up more and it, he's going to surpass that. So we're going to skip Andreas Janssen. Dawson Mercer projected 42 points, pacing at 44 and 29 goals. Uh, pace. Uh, Miles Wood projected for 30, uh, currently going at 44 point pace and 29 goals. Um, Igor Sharangovich. Looking at 50 points, currently at a 44-point pace and 22 goals. Uh, so we already spoke about Plot Tomash, Tatar, projected at 32. However, he's at a 37-point pace and seven goals pace per 82. Eric Halla, looking at 33-point season. However, his pace is 29 and no goals currently. Uh, Fabian Sederland, he's actually looking at a a 22-point benchmark, but he's going at the 27 points uh, pace. So he's looking to exceed that. And 13 goals as well. Not bad for a guy who could play top nine. It's it's really uh, valuable. Now, To the defense currently, uh, we have everyone from Dougie Hamilton, John Marino, Ryan Graves, Jonas Siegenthaler, Damon Severson, uh, Brendan Smith, and Kevin Ball currently. So Hamilton is looking at a 40-point benchmark. But the way he's playing is a 52-point type season pace. And he's looking at 14 goals. So that's a banner year for him in New Jersey. Um, John Marino, uh, 25 point uh, projection, looking at 44 point pace, so he's looking for a career year along with seven goals. Now, Ryan Graves, his benchmark is 31, but he's on pace for 37, and going to likely end up scoring 14 goals. Now, Jonas Egenthaler, his mark is 16. He's pacing for 22. And looking at seven goals. So that's a good bench bench to look at for him because he typically doesn't score a lot, but now he's more involved with Andrew Burnett. So Damon Severson um, looking at 47 points you really think about the way he plays he's looking at uh, 14 points currently so he's underperforming points wise but he's trying to be a little bit more careful defensively looking at seven goals and smith and ball don't have any points and they're looking like they're just going to be more defensive than anything so What does this really mean? I mean, if you look at the way the team is playing at their current level, you're looking at guys like McLeod, Bastion, and Miles Wood. If you can have one of them getting 44 points, 37, and... 33, that's a very dominant season for a fourth line. That's just insane. Now, Yesmer provoked is definitely going to be someone who can help your third line become more versatile and a little bit more dynamic, bring speed, uh, a little finesse. If holds can get in, he adds another sniper to your top nine and really makes it harder for other teams' defenses to catch a break. And Nathan Bashin really is our Brian Boyle-type player. Uh, Nico Heischer really is a true captain at this point. He's really exceeding expectations. And I have to agree with my buddy Trey Matthews on this. He's not just a star player. He's a superstar. He's a really solid center. And uh, Jesper Bratt, he's going to be a superstar too. And you have a couple guys could easily make a handful to become all-stars on this team that could definitely help this team become very successful not only this season but the next several seasons. And that also comes with. I've said this many times before on the podcast that a lot of the guys that they have signed are usually on one-year deals, and this is a, a make-or-break season for a lot of them. So, and it was mentioned by Devils insiders that Tom Fitzgerald is looking to uh, communicate with Jesper Bratt's agent and start contract talks very soon, um, around December, January. So that's like the midway 50-plus percent point of the season. Um, definitely liking the way Brat is playing. I already talked a lot about him. Could easily be a hard trophy guy. Jack Hughes, definitely someone that brings an extra dynamic to the team and is the heart, soul, engine. Dawson Mercer, I really love this kid. He just he helps out in the power play, uh, penalty kill. He's super dynamic, and I really like the edge he brings as well. Miles Wood brings that extra speed, energy, grit. Even if he loses a fight, he gets the team going. And he brings the the character in the clubhouse. Now, Igor Sharongovich just makes the top three, even top six, uh, more potent than anything. And if Palat were to come back, you still have really good veteran leadership on the team. Uh, there's this no horse crap attitude that, you know, assistant coach Sergey Breland is making sure the team doesn't mess around and holds them accountable each day. And it's a really good system that they have going. Uh, Tomasz Tatar has been around a while and he's starting to figure things out again. And... You have a guy like Eric Halla who brings a third, fourth line. Dynamic for a veteran who can also help out on the penalty kill. Really good forechecker who can do the small things that really don't show up on the score sheet. But you can see the takeaways and turnovers on a hockey reference type page. And you can see why he's most sought after. And Fabian Zetterlund really makes things uh, harder to play against when other teams have to deal with him along the board battles. Um, just really thinking about the future. Uh, I really like what Dougie Hamilton and John Marino bring on the first two lines. And David Severson doesn't have to overproduce like he normally does. and. Ryan Graves is producing. Siegenthaler chips in when he can. Um, he's not going to exactly wow you, but he's going to bring a lot of heart and soul. Uh, Smith, I'm a bit iffy on, but I much prefer a Kevin Ball at this point to step in his place. So, And I did talk to a buddy of mine who I used to write with. He said that, Brendan Smith with the Rangers, he was just a really good veteran to have in the locker room, but someone that you would have, you know, be a good mentor to the younger players. So with that being said, you know, the Calgary Flames, I think, are going to play rather pissed off in a way because they lost their last several games. In the past five plus games, and I expect them to come out with an edge, but sometimes that edge might get them in trouble. And I expect the Devils to do a little bit better on the power play versus uh, Calgary because in the regulation they weren't able to, but uh, in overtime they were able to beat the Flames in overtime. Um, at the same time, the Islanders were able to come back and expose the Flames defensive lapses and it just goes to show that the Flames have more work to do defensively. Um, You play the game for a reason and it's to be uh, proven wrong or proven right at any given moment. And the outcome isn't always going to be what you expect, even if you're the most expert at, you know, hockey or any other sport. But As my buddy Neil Villapiano would say, he said, Hockey is a magical and wonderful sport. And I always said to him, you never know what happens because hockey is a blend of skill, luck, and sometimes misfortunes. So I always feel that those three things make hockey the most interesting and most surprising sport when it comes to possible outcomes. With that being said, everyone, you can find me at insidethepuck.ca, inside the puck. Um, you can find me on Twitter, and I'll tell you my handle if you want to follow me. So my handle is at jerseyjoe j. And if you want to follow the the podcast account, the podcast account is right up here at heads underscore up underscore hockey. So definitely reach out for me if you want to come on the podcast. This is part of Anchor.FM. This is season five of Heads Up Hockey, and have a great day, everyone.